and welcome inside another edition of Indie Star Preps Weekly. My name is Brian Henschen, joined by Kyle Nutter and Bakeem Glassby. Remember the name of the show, remember who my co-hosts are, so we're <laughs> off to a good start. How are you boys doing? Good. It's starting to feel like fall out here, nice and chilly and overcast. So It's yeah. going to feel like summer in a couple days, though. I think it's going up in the 90s. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. We need to stay no. in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> I was waiting for my Kyle Nutter at fall time is here tweet. And that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I know it'll be official. Me uh, jumping in the leaves and <laughs> splashing right. around. Frolicking around in the <laughs> apple orchard. Those are the best tweets. Drinking my <laughs> pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, speaking about it feeling like football season, the Mudsock rivalry in my short time here has kind of felt like the initiation to fall. And my goodness, Kyle, you had a, a heck of a game this year over at uh, – was that HSE this year? It was, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Just atmosphere, first of all, was incredible. You know, 8,000, pretty pretty close to 8,000 fans. I was talking to the Fishers AD, said they had to cut off uh, tickets, basically. They sold out uh, all the tickets they possibly could. And then all the fans surrounding the field. And, and just, it was just really an amazing atmosphere. So, but yeah, that was just the beginning. And then the actual game happened. And I really felt like Fishers, you know, even though they ended up losing in overtime, you know, for the large chunks of that game I thought were the better team and you know they didn't end up getting it done but I think that only adds kind of the intrigue to you know what you'll see in the sectional because those teams are probably going to play each other again uh, in sectional three uh, which goes through the north side of the bracket Uh, but yeah Kobe Martin and Carson Dunn ran the ball really well uh, for Fishers but HSE hit a couple big plays in the first half they're down 14 nothing two long passes for touchdowns tied it uh, second half again, Fishers kind of controlled up until the fourth quarter. Uh, HSC didn't have a first down the first 14 minutes of the second half. But then Eli Brantman, you know, they found something with him. I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden he starts getting loose. And, you know, you in, in there with about a little more than three minutes left, runs for a 47-yard touchdown. You know, that ties the game. And that was kind of out of nowhere, that drive. They hadn't really done much offensively up until that point. Uh, Ty Braille hit a pass, then they get that long run, and all of a sudden it's tied, and, and place is going crazy. And then uh, they get into overtime. You know, Fishers missed. A, a, it was kind of a poor snap, unfortunately, on the extra point. They score on fourth down. Bad snap on the extra point. Uh, Lucas Mins could not get the, the ball down to be kicked. He tried to run, and really nothing was there. Uh, so then HFC goes in, scores, and wins. Kicked the extra point, and they're, you know, they make theirs. So... You know, that was just kind of, it's unfortunate it ended on the bat. You know, the extra point was kind of a big, you know, a big part of that game. But, you know, I came away feeling like Fishers is probably better than I thought. And, and HSC is, is finding a way to still get when they're very good, too. Uh, and we'll talk about them later and both those teams later in our picks because both those teams play really good games this week again. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great game, great atmosphere. I think, uh, you know, I wrote this in the Monday column, but, you know, just a great, uh, you know, kind of a feather in the cap for Indiana high school football to have that type of atmosphere on Friday night. It was a fun, just a fun, fun game, and, and uh, I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing those teams again down the road. Where does that one rank for you in terms of the game, Budside games that you've covered in the past? One of the best. I mean, there was one year, uh, gosh, it was 28-0. I can't even remember who won. The, the Whoever was down 28-0 ended up coming back and winning. <laughs> uh, there was another year where uh, the, the game was called at, there was a bad lightning storm, uh, so we had to come back Saturday morning oh my gosh. and watch the rest of the, <laughs> the <laughs> game. And I think HSE won that one fairly handily. It wasn't a great game, but that was memorable because of that mm-hmm. situation. And, and I think that was the same year Pike and Ben Davis had a game I covered too. Same situation. They had to come back Saturday morning and finish it. Those I don't really enjoy that as much. You know, <laughs> yeah. you want to get it done on Friday night, but uh, now that we're doing – 
you know, more stuff on Friday nights, that'd make it hard. But, but yeah, it was it ranks right up. It's probably the, one of the better games I've seen just generally. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a great a great game overall. And I thought two teams that are really legit, you know, and we'll talk about 6A, and, and we've talked a lot about 6A, how balanced it is, and those two teams are right there, I think. Kyle had an exciting game. Akeem, you're in my games. I was at Chitara Cathedral. You were at Franklin. White one weren't quite as exciting. 21 nothing Whiteland over Franklin to stay undefeated. What did you see, and what were you surprised by that outcome, that it was so one-sided? Yeah, I mean, I will say similar to Kyle's game, the atmosphere in, in Whiteland was great. Uh, both crowds were engaged. It seemed like a sellout. So it was the atmosphere heading into the game was great. But, yeah, once the game started, it was kind of all Whiteland. Um, Jonathan Crowley busted it open with a 64-yard touchdown, and then it was pretty much all Whiteland from there on. Um, Franklin was playing without Max Clark, who he's actually playing for Team USA Baseball. He actually had a game-tying home run against Canada yesterday, which was pretty impressive for Max Clark. But without him on the football field, Franklin – could not generate many big plays. Uh, the, the offense was just kind of methodic with Penick just kind of scrambling and not being able to connect. And it just, they seemed out of sync the entire game. So credit to Whiteland's defense for really keeping Franklin off balance. And then obviously with Whiteland's rushing attack with uh, Emberton there and Crowley and uh, they're all their running backs and receivers, everyone gets involved, the motion. And it's, so it's so hard. You have to be so focused on defense and so keyed in on your responsibilities. And uh, Franklin, did, they didn't do a bad job, but Brightland was just too strong. So, yeah, I was definitely surprised at the outcome. But I mean, with all the extenuated circumstances, um, it was just hard for Franklin to kind of keep up. And once you get behind on a team like Whiteland, it's, it's really hard to, to get back in the game. Kyle, did you, you, were you taken aback, I guess, by the result of that game? A little bit, you know, but White, I think it kind of proves, too, just White, how good Whiteland is. I know we talked about it last week, but, yeah, if you're running for 300 yards a game and they keep doing that, you know, against no matter who the opponent is. So, you know, I think that speaks pretty highly to, to kind of where they are right now. And, and I'll be curious to see kind of you know, that Mooresville game still lurking out there, and that'll be a huge game down the road. Uh, how do they – you know, the Mid-State's really good, too. I mean, gosh, I mean, we, with Franklin, Decatur Central, I mean, they're, you know, Martinsville's better this year. So it's just a really good conference every year, but especially this year. But, but uh, yeah, I, I guess we've got to quit being surprised by Whiteland. They're just, they're just really good. I think very uh, deserving of that number one ranking in 5A. Absolutely. Was that your first time seeing Whiteland this year, Akeem? Yeah, that was my first time seeing Whiteland. Okay, okay. I was going to ask if you had a base of reference, but – First time through CM. Do you think they're pretty legit, though, come away from that one? Pretty impressed with them? Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're a well-oiled machine on offense and on, on defense as well. Again, I, I talked about this last week with LC. I mean, if you can generate consistent pressure on defense, it's going to be so hard to generate consistent offense on the other sides, and Whiteland was able to do that. So, yeah, no, on both sides of the ball, they look really impressive. So, yeah, that, they definitely deserve to be at top of 5A. Um, for my game, I was here at Chittard High School where they were playing Cathedral, and it, it looked like maybe it was going to be closer for about a quarter, and in fact, Chatard intercepted a pass right before the end of the first quarter, drove into enemy territory, and it looked like they were going to try to score early.
um, just based off what I know about them from the past, and I'm watching them to, on that night when they had a chance to, to show off as a well-oiled machine a little bit. And kind of an odd schedule. They're off this week, yeah. and then they play Hammond Morton next week, who's 0-4. Mm. Uh, so it'll be kind of – they'll go off the radar slightly for a while, but that still that Week 9 Center Grove game lurking out there. And that, that you know, it's maybe not quite as – uh, anticipated or whatever is the last couple of years, but I'm still really looking forward to seeing how those teams match up down the road. That's a great spot to talk about, Center Grove, and they had a dramatic come from behind win over Ben Davis, didn't they? They did, yeah, 35-34. And again, I was I was trying to follow stuff on Friday. It's hard to do that when you're covering your own game, but I saw they were down by 13, 27-14 uh, to 14 against Ben Davis, and you know we talked about this game last week and thought it'd be a really good game, and then all of a sudden the the final pops up it's like, wow, how did that happen? They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. And really, you know, it's been sort of a weird – they haven't really run the ball really well. And Drew Wheat's been out with an injury, but they've moved uh, uh, Thompson over to the run, to the running back from the defense. So, But they haven't run the ball great. But Tyler Cherry and Noah Coy have really established a uh, dynamic connection. And, and he was almost 200 yards receiving. And Cherry, I can't remember his exact – almost 300 yards passing – uh, but that uh, you know that Center Grove team, it, they just have this, and I wrote about this too. But just kind of that championship pedigree, where you know they seem to find a way. And, and Eric Moore always plays up the you know no one believes in us, and blah blah blah. <laughs> well, I mean that's not true exactly, but I get you know he he kind of is able to build that up. And also, I mean Ben Davis, I think is you know they've proven these last few weeks. They're going to be a handful to deal with, and I really think at, at with Gotkowski, and he put up big numbers again. Marcus Reese at receiver, uh, similar numbers to Coy on Friday. So you know they have a and Price was a little bit they weren't able to run quite as well. Neither team ran the ball for a lot of yards, but through the air there, Ben Davis is probably better than they've been, and they've been had some good passing teams here lately. But this may be their best offensive group. So I, I you know, you, Ben Davis, I'm sure is like man, we let that get away but you know from a from an unbiased perspective it's like I, I really you know probably them and Fishers both you kind of look at those games and you're like man they're those are legit 6A contenders I think that's amazing like with center girl just that ability to pull out those late game wins it's just that championship pedigree where they know how to win they know how to close out games and it just it seems like they find a way no matter what no matter the situation I saw him do it against Carmel we just talked about what yeah. they did against Ben Davis and I'm surprised honestly that they do it get didn't do it against Trinity the week before it just yeah. it just once you develop that championship mindset it's amazing and then for the other side like you said I mean Ben Davis I know close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades but in a regular season it doesn't really impact the standings necessarily and and what you know where you're going to end up or who you're going to play in the postseason it's basically a meaningless regular season yeah I think there's a lot more positives and it should be I would think a lot easier to take away positives when you're playing with Center Grove like that, or from Fisher's perspective, having gone down to the wire with HSC and it just coming down to sort of like a fluky play and on an extra point, you know, I think that there's it's easier, it should be easier at least to draw some positives from that sort of thing. Yeah, and we look at, you know, you look at records and stuff and it's like, it's funny how like one little play like that or a miss snap or a, uh, you know, the two-point conversion Center Grove had against Trinity and then all of a sudden you lose that 30-game winning streak and it, all it really came down to was one two-point uh, conversion right. attempt and it's like well I mean you're right there one thing different happens and you still have that winning streak so you know it's it's like you know a lot of things where it comes it's more than that one play there's a lot of things that go into it but also you know it really does come down to that one play when you're talking one point uh, but yeah I think you know and we'll talk about this too but Ben Davis is now in a spot where they're two and two they really need a win this week Warren Central who they're playing this week they lost so you're gonna have two hungry teams in that east side west side rivalry which I'm looking forward to seeing Friday 
and two really hungry teams that are going to get after each other. So that'll add another kind of layer to that. Even though both teams lost, I think we'll still be a really good good game Friday. For both of you guys, any surprise or anything stand out to you as you were scrolling the scores and looking at the outcomes from Friday night? Yeah, I think what Kyle was saying about Warren would be LC beating Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was something we kind of talked about uh, before the game is just how impressed I was with LC's defense, obviously with Cunningham and Mickens leading the way. And I believe Cunningham had an interception, then Ahmad Duff with a, a big, a long touchdown to start the game. And LC's, they, they weren't able to generate big plays against LN uh, the week before. But with, if LC's clicking like that on offense with that defense, is again, the defense has always been very impressive to me. And they showed again against Warren what they can do with – the playmakers that they have so that I don't know if it's a surprise that they beat Warren but it was definitely impressive so that's kind of what stood out to me yeah Ed, uh, one thing too Edinburgh 4-0 that has not happened since 1961 wow. it's kind of a long uh, suffering football program good in other sports for whatever reason football is kind of a long history of struggling so Tyler Despain you know congrats to that program to be 4-0 they've never been 5-0 in the history of football there and oh, they wow. play North Davies on Friday which will be a tough game but you know we talk about we don't talk about some of the smaller schools a lot but yeah that's a you know for a 1a program good to see them you know it's cool when teams that have been down for a long time start to do some things and so they're that was kind of a not really surprised they won but the fact that they're 4-0 I'm sure raises people's eyebrows who follow high school football uh and also uh Noblesville almost beating Westfield yeah how about that yeah that would have been you know, and they, they just can't can't quite get over that hump. And, and, you know, we'll talk about them later, too, in our picks. But, you know, they were a two-point conversion away, too, yeah. from winning that to from beating Westfield. So, you know, and Westfield's kind of going through. They, they've get, they're young in some spots, and Dylan Thieneman's out with an injury. Hopefully he'll be back uh, probably in not this week but next week. So they're missing some guys and fi- trying to find themselves a little bit, too. And uh, Cole Ballard had a good game for Westfield and, and uh, at quarterback. But, yeah, Noblesville is right on the edge. It seems like they've been there these last couple of years, and they just can't quite get over the hump. But they'll have another chance Friday to do that. Well, they were down. They came back. They had an extra point to tie, a two-pointer to win. They went for the two. Yes. Uh, I think about a minute left and decided to go for two, didn't get it. So, yeah. yeah. I like it. Go that for the win. It. Just, yeah. like, why leave anything else a chance? Like, get them. Yeah. If you got all the momentum as it is, you don't know if you're going to get a chance like that again. Go for it. Right. And, and you know, it, you can always, I'm sure, uh, you know, Dave Sharp looks back and, you know, you, you kind of probably agonize about that or, you know, second guess it if you're in the stands or whatever. But, you know, hey, I mean, go for the win and, and you know, roll the dice. I like it too. Yeah. I think it's, I, you know, even though it, it ends up maybe uh, looking bad or you end up, you know, but who knows, maybe get the extra point like in the Fisher's exactly, game. Exactly, yeah. You know, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else you boys want to touch on before we get to picks and the big announcement? <laughs> um, no, I'm ready for the big yeah, announcement I'm, I'm, now. I, I want to hear this announcement. I don't <laughs> think you want to hear it, Akeem. Oh, okay, maybe not. Uh, Let's skip that part then. <laughs> records last week, Akeem finished 7-3, and three, which is respectful. It's fine. Uh, Kyle went 8-2, and two, which is a game better. And in this case, it puts you two at a dead even tie, we believe. Wow. Uh, we're fact-checking it, but we're at 30-10. I want it on the record that this was sent over by Kyle. <laughs> so we're working to confirm, but Akeem corroborated the numbers earlier in the day. We need Clark and I to go through it because we're both independent, the independent parties on this. But we're proud of Akeem for battling, but I think it feels like Kyle's coming. What? I, I feel that way too. Oh yeah, wow! I, I got to be honest with you. I just you like Clark and I were talking the other day. You know, we were sitting there breaking down the games, and and we were just so impressed by your scrappiness and the way that you absolutely. you scratched and clawed back. We love an underdog story, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I got a chip on my shoulder. What can I say? 
Uh, let's get in, let's get into this week's picks as Akeem tries to reclaim the first spot while Kyle feverishly nips at his heels. First up, let's go Brownsburg four and zero at Fishers three and one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Brownsburg here. I know Kyle was really impressed with Fishers in the fight, and I love their offense. But Brownsburg's offense is one of the most explosive offenses in the state, 41 points per game. Uh, Whitaker leading the way at quarterback. Cheryl is a very talented running back. I'm going Brownsburg. Yeah, I had a chance to talk actually with John Hart uh, last night and, and a couple of the Brownsburg players, and they definitely, that Fishers game, you know, they were able to watch some tape and, and, and see, and they're, they're definitely impressed with Fishers. Uh, and rightly so, and I think they know what they're up against. And, and they're, they're sort of similar teams, really. I mean, they're balanced on, on offense, uh, athletic on defense. Both of them are. Um, so, it, But Brownsburg has won six in a row uh, in this series. I think they match up pretty well with Fishers, and I think they've had a couple weeks of maybe playing, you know, you don't want to put any opponents down, but maybe opponents where they were sort of, you know, feeling going in like they knew – kind of they're going to win the game and, and 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 you know they beat Avon handily last week as we saw so I think they'll be fired up for this one uh and I, I kind of like Brownsburg to win too I think they're slightly the better team here we talked we touched on it briefly earlier but two hungry teams desperately looking for a win Ben Davis Warren Central come in with matching two and two records Kyle who's going to come out on top in that one this game is one of the oldest rivalries the east side west side uh, rivalry I'm looking forward to seeing this in person Friday I'll be at this game and and I think it's going to be a lot of fun if you remember last year Warren Central won 57-56 in one of the wildest games of the season and that's kind of the history of these teams has been you can somewhat you know it's a cliche but somewhat throw the records out and just maybe just have fun watching a game because that's the kind of series this has been over the years and two really storied programs too a lot of intertwined uh, pieces you know Mike Kirshner led Ben Davis to state championships twice uh, 2014 and 17 and now he's coaching at Warren Central, which is his alma mater. Uh, you know, Jason Simmons is, you know, he's, I know those two are, are close and uh, know each other really well, obviously. So a lot of, you know, they've got staff who've been at Warren. So just a lot of things that are intertwined with those two programs. Um, you know, I think Ben Davis is just the better team right now. I just really do. And I know we just talked about them a little bit and, and Warren's got a quit turning the ball over so you know they, they can't have four ter- interceptions and you know if you're going to have any chance to pull off this game they're going to have to play better but I do think they're capable if they play like they can and get some of those explosive plays get the ground game going a little bit uh, I think they're definitely capable of winning this game they always are uh, of beating any team but I think Ben Davis just a slightly more solid team right now. Akeem? Yeah, and I agree. I mean, Kyle talked about the turnovers, and um, Ben Davis has a great linebacker, Nylon Brown. He's a Division One type recruit and an athlete in the, in the middle of that defense. So when you have that, you can create turnovers and stop some big plays. I think that'll be key. So I'm going Ben Davis as well. Hamilton Southeastern puts its undefeated record on the line against Westfield on the road, 3-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I was able to see Westfield week one, and um, I feel like they've continued to get, improve, obviously three wins in a row. Cole Ballard, like Kyle said, is really coming to his own, kind of as a dual threat as well with rushing and passing. So I, th- I think Westfield will get it done. Kyle? Yeah, this is – I think, Brian, you might have covered this sectional game last year. HSE played Westfield really close and almost beat them. Uh, if I remember right, I think you're at yeah. that. But it was – you know, so I think that's going to be – 
sort of in the back of HSE's mind. You know, I'm get, both these teams played tough games last week. So how does that factor in uh, to this week? Because really, no, they didn't have a chance to rest anybody. They both won one point games. Uh, but I, I think I kind of like the way HSC just kind of has a swagger about them right now. I think Westfield's maybe, um, you know, they're I think they're ripe maybe to get beat in this game. So I'm going to take the Royals though. I, I think again. Uh, you know, should be a great game. That's, again, a toss-up type of game, and we're both picking different teams, which I think kind of shows that. First game of the week where they differ on is HSE Westfield. Next game up is uh, Mooresville 4-0 at Decatur Central 2-2. Two two. Kyle? Yeah, I, man, I, this, is a bit, this is a backyard brawl type of a game because, you know, Mooresville, is, they, I know there's not a lot of love uh, lost. They're conference rivals. I know Nick Patterson, I, you know, from talking to doing our photo shoots and stuff this summer, that, I mean, this is a game that they, you know, even though they have tough games the first four weeks, they look forward to this one. It's sort of that type of a, uh, it's like the pit, uh, West Virginia, the back, whatever they call that, you know, the, the backyard brawl. So I think that's that type of a game this will be. I don't think it'll be super high scoring. I think it's going to be they're going to have to grind out a, a win. Decatur's coming off a really good win over Martinsville last week, so they're should be having some confidence now. They're two and two, uh, but I just think I, I think Patterson is the X factor in this game. You know, he's going to run the ball. You know, he's running it more than he did last year. It's kind of more like his sophomore year, and I don't think he's going to let him lose. I, I'm I, I, I'm going to pick Mooresville to win. Akeem? Yeah, like like Kyle was saying, I mean, I, I love a dual-threat quarterback. Nick Patterson, 12 passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns this season. I, again, like Kyle said, I just don't think he'll allow them to, to lose. He'll kind of will them and put the team on, on his back if he needs to. He's shown the ability to do that before. One of the better dual-threat quarterbacks in the state, I believe. So uh, I think Mooresville gets it done. As we reach the midway point, we have Carmel at Lawrence North, both teams with identical 2-2 two and two records. Akeem, what's your read on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Carmel. I mean, I, I really like what uh, Kazmir Zak is able to do at quarterback. He's really airing it out, 15 yards per completion. He's kind of coming into his own, and I love the connection he has with his receivers. So I'm going Carmel. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Akeem, but again, I, I think, and it seems like I say this on every game, but I, it seems like Carmel, you know, I, going back and looking, they beat Pike uh, 34-14 last week. But, they again, they really didn't – it was kind of a weird – they didn't really have a lot of offense uh, for a large part of that game. And Pike, I think, is is still – I know, you know, they're they're winless right now, but I think better than, you know, that. You know, mm-hmm. and I think they showed that against Carmel. Um, Winston Berglund had an interception for a touchdown, so that added another score. But, you know, I, I am kind of – I think Al Lynn's one of those kind of uh, wild card type of a team, and I, I think it'll be – yeah, I think they're capable. I don't think you know. I think this will be a good game, is what I'm saying. I, but I, I do like Carmel to win. Heritage Christian three and one at Cecina four and zero. They're playing this game at Beach Grove, Kyle. Yeah, it is at Beach Grove, and it, this is another rematch of uh, last year where uh, Heritage Christian won in the regular season. Kyle Antone got hurt uh, right before I think the week before they played in the playoffs. So first week of the sectional, they played each other. He wasn't able to play. Kind of ruined their whole, you know, game plan. They had to move one of their best receivers, a quarterback. Cecina, you know, beat him fairly easily in that game. So I think Heritage Christian is going to be uh, ready this time. They're going to, you know, fully ready to go with Anton at quarterback. Uh, but I think Cecina's running game is going to be the key. I think, you know, DJ Mendez also, he was one of our three-sport athlete uh, uh, players we wrote about at quarterback for Cecina. He's been playing pretty well. I just think overall is going to have the slight edge here and, and beat Heritage Christian. And uh, these teams not in the same sectional this year, so they won't have a rematch right away anyway in the playoffs. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Cecina to win. 
Akeem? And Kyle almost swayed me with, with Anton. He's a he's definitely a wild <laughs> card, and I really like him at quarterback. But I'm actually going to go Cicino as well. I, I, I'm really impressed by their defense. They've only allowed 21 points all season. Uh, Mason Burrell is their leading tackler. Uh, Tamir Woods and Adam Young have 10 tackles for loss each. So, if, again, I love pressure. And if you can get pressure w- with your front seven, that's always going to be key. So I'm going Cicino. Akeem, a team that you covered week, last week, Franklin 3-1 and hosting Martinsville 3-1. and Yeah, um, like I said, unfortunately, I, I don't believe – um, Max Clark will be playing again. He's in Florida playing baseball right now. So without him, the the Franklin offense is just at kind of a deficit. Uh, I picked Martinsville last last week. They weren't able to get it done, but I think they will be able to get it done this week. I'm going Martinsville. Pausing on Franklin real quick, and I should have asked this earlier. I apologize, but how does Franklin? How have they tried to adjust with Max Clark when he's on these baseball trips? Um, well, obviously the, the vertical passing game is gone because I mean in, in Max's first game he had two long touchdowns, so that's kind of gone. They they go with their running backs. Um, and then Pennick, obviously, with his short passing and running as well. And they, the running game was just pretty much non-existent. They weren't able to get it done. So um, not adjusting well, I would say. But uh, you never know. It's week to week they could uh, change on offense. But from what I saw against Whiteland, they were struggling. So maybe they need to change up the game plan and maybe, I don't know, open up a little bit more uh, with Bo Baker. He was kind of their the main playmaker that they had at wide receiver and running back. So maybe just get the ball to Bo Baker more would be a good kind of adjustment. But – Again, they were definitely at a deficit without Max Clark. Kyle, who you got in this game? Yeah, I, I, that is a concern with uh, with Clark because that takes away your best offensive weapon. Um, but I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Franklin. I think they're going to bounce back and and you know I think they're going to be you know come out motivated after last week's loss to get right back on track. But again, you know mid state game. These games have been traditionally close and Martinsville I think even though they lost by three to Decatur I think kind of shows that they're they're definitely better than they have been uh especially on the defense you know sometimes when they're good it's kind of a high scoring type games to hold Decatur to 17 I think was impressive but so I think this will again be similar like a 17-14 game either way but I'll take Franklin fantastic Noblesville at Zionsville uh Kyle who you got I'm going to call for the upset here. I think Noblesville's finally going to get over the hump and, and win a, a close game. Uh, although Zionsville has been, you know, it played you know really well. They they had trouble last week against Franklin Central, but if you look back last year, Franklin Central beat them, so it might be a matchup type of a thing, and and uh, they were able to pull it out though. So, uh, but I Noblesville seems like they're on the come up. You know, can they get over the hump? I don't know, uh, but I think maybe this is this is the week to do it. So I'll take the Millers. Um, I'm not taking the upset. I'm, I'm going Zionsville. Um, I believe their passing attack is coming on with a their name that's probably familiar to most most fans in this area with a young Eugene Hilton uh, wide receiver and Wrigley Baumgarter as well. Uh, if you didn't know, Eugene Hilton is T.Y. Hilton's son. So um, kind of a lineage there with a, as a playmaking wide receiver. So I think he's he's been coming into his own. The passing attack is kind of finding its legs and getting going. So I'm going Zionsville. Try West at Danville. It's a good conference rivalry. Yeah, um, kind of. I expect a lot of offense in this game. Tri-West averaging 48 points over the last two games. I'm going Tri-West. Yeah, this is another kind of that backyard brawl. They're uh, neighbor, neighborhood rivals. Uh, Ty Owens last week, I think uh, our intern Wilson covered that game, and he ran the ball all over uh, last week against uh, Western Boone, which uh, I can't remember – I picked Western Boone, I think, and you picked Tri-West, so I got it wrong. I'm going to pick against Tri-West again. What the heck? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick. Uh, I think Danville, you know, they're kind of – they're a team, again, you're 2-2. Two and two. I don't think that really speaks to how good they are. And this this game normally has been 
uh, really close, you know, and it kind of can go either way. A lot of emotions, and obviously these kids know each other, uh, having competed against each other. A lot of these multi-sport guys, they play against each other in basketball too or, or baseball. So uh, I'm going to take Danville. I think, uh, again, that's probably a little bit of an upset pick, but uh, maybe I, I'll let Akeem get ahead of me again and, <laughs> and try to catch up to him. Kyle likes playing from behind. We all, we've all we learned that this season. It's a different <laughs> net rip. Uh, finally here as we round things up, Indian Creek at Triton Central. Both teams come in at 3-1. Yeah, again, this is a, kind of a – Triton Central has been putting up monster numbers. Uh, Jay Stuckey at quarterback and, you know, and I think Indian Creek is definitely on the come up too with, with uh, Casey Gillen and, and that program. They can start – they're starting to put up numbers like he did when he was coordinator at Mooresville, you know, and there's there's a reason that, you know, they kind of got it. It's not only Mike Gillen, you know, he's the – kind of the guru of the passing attack but Casey knows a lot too so I think this will be a fun game I'm going to pick Triton Central but uh, you know I think again this could be one of those type of 42 to 41 type of games yeah and Kyle talked about the passing attack Uh, Arch Loth is leading the way 250 yards per game he's a big 6'4 passer he's also talented baseball player as well you know we like the dual sport athletes so I'm going Indian Creek awesome we got a lot of games differentiated here I like this (laughs) So it's going to be a really good week for one of these two. We'll find out next Wednesday. Uh, before we get out of here, what do you guys have coming uh, this week, next week? Well, Akeem mentioned uh, Eugene Hilton So that's and Cole Ballard. We talked to two of the guys, uh, and I actually talked to T.Y. Uh, about Eugene. And uh, so we've got a story, I've got a story coming on Colts, kind of the Colts lineage of, you know, with uh, uh, Chris Ballard being the GM of the Colts, his son playing quarterback. Uh, you know Ty Hilton's son Eugene playing receiver at Zionsville, uh, and uh, Josiah Smith is the punter at Western Boone. His his dad's Hunter Smith, who was the Colts punter, and uh, you know there's a couple others. Uh, uh, Hunter Snow at Carmel, his dad Justin Snow, longtime snapper for the Colts. So it's cool that you know we talk a lot about how the Colts impact high school football in a you know kind of a non you know on the field way. You know just the popularity of football. Well now you're seeing Colts. You know, ex-players or players now playing high school. So it's kind of a – and it's not the first time that's happened, but quite a few of them right now. So I finishing up that story today. That should be out uh, Wednesday morning. Awesome, awesome. Akeem, what do you got? I've actually just been doing some research kind of behind the scenes on a project I'm working on uh, about back, black baseball players. And the other part of that is actually about Oscar Charleston, one of the best uh, Negro League baseball players and one of the best baseball players in the world and the kind of I've been just reading about him and learning about what he meant he's from Indianapolis I know a lot of people might not have even heard of him but he was actually voted like the fourth best baseball player of all time at one point by Bill James so and I've just been reading about just the impacts he had in the Philippines and he served in the army and just so I'm just kind of researching that and trying to put together a project that really can just tell people about what he meant to baseball in Indianapolis as a whole. So that's kind of just what I'm working on behind the scenes. Uh, wrestling stuff will be coming up before we know it. So just kind of just putting in some, some grunt work, nothing too exciting. But hopefully the finished product will be uh, great when it's all done. Yeah, I'm really excited to read that one, man. Thank you. To continue hearing about it. I know you've been at that one for a while. So it'll be great stuff. Um, we thank you all so much for watching. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, same time, same place. You know the drill. But for Clark, for everybody else, we'll talk to you guys soon.